What can you do if your teenager is struggling with depression? Dr. Gregory Jantz shares these professional insights. So often I hear parents say, I wish I would have done something sooner. I wish I would have. Um, So you're going to get resistance. So just know it. If it's a season for a professional intervention and a counselor, do it. Uh, you, You won't regret it. Get help for your child if they need it. And uh, you're going to be hearing more from Dr. Jantz on today's episode of Focus on the Family. Your host is Focus President and author Jim Daly, and I'm John Fuller. Uh, John, last time we started an important discussion for parents on teens and learned what normal teen behavior includes. And I know for moms and dads listening, you're going to say, that is my teenager, and we get it. Uh, it can be a roller coaster ride. We get that as well. We also talked about some warning signs of depression. That's really our focus depression and even suicide. Um, and that's true within the church as well. And we need to be, I think, more in tune with those signs. That's why we're doing the program. So you as a parent uh, can see those signs of depression, understand what's taking place, and be that frontline defense for your teenager. And uh, that is our goal today to equip you to be engaged at that level of your relationship with your teen. And Dr. Gregory Jantz, as I said, is our guest again today. He is a psychologist and the author of dozens of books, including, uh, this is an unusual one, Dr. Jantz, because the subtitle precedes the title. So it's When Your Teenager Becomes the Stranger in Your House, and the picture is great. Uh, It's a red door with a bunch of keep-out tape on top of it. That really captures the essence of what we're talking about today. And it may feel like you have a stranger in the house, and you are asking that question, who is living here now? That could be 100% of parents with teens in the house. You do realize (laughs) It's a season, though. It's a season. Um, We left off last time with the description of the three characteristics of depression. Sure. Let's hit those again before we start today. Some of the warning signs is... Now, remember, there's some normal transition, but the warning signs, number one, is the frequency of these symptoms. Is this happening all the time? Are we seeing it over a period of time? So that's the duration. Has this been going on for six months? And those behaviors could be reclusiveness, just detached? Detached. We are not seeing them uh, enjoy things they usually would enjoy. They're Mm -hmm. not wanting to participate. Uh, Teenage depression, and we'll talk about sometimes a, a girl may show it differently than a boy. But uh, we know that these symptoms don't go away, so that's one of the characteristics. And again, um, how severe are these? You know, there's having a bad day, and then there's every day is bad. Right. That we're leading toward more depression. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Dr. Jantz, let's go right there. How do boys and girls manifest depression differently? Sure, and I'm going to make some generalities. Is that politically correct to even say they do? (laughs) Well, we know they do. And if you've lived with uh, a boy or a girl who have struggled with issues, you know they express them differently. All right, describe it. Okay, a boy may become more reclusive. They're going to maybe pull back and withdraw, and they're going to oftentimes turn it into anger. So something has been happened, I've been hurt. A boy may express it through anger or aggression, and mm. I can handle this on my own, and they're going to uh, withhold showing a lot of other emotions. So you may see more anger coming from the boy, and if they have felt a sense of betrayal from friends, and betrayal in boys is very interesting to observe because betrayal, a lot of times a boy feels like, I have to get even. I am going to do something mm-hmm. something back, okay? So they're struggling. Uh, 
they're struggling with depression, they're struggling with anger. Because see, depression is really a combination of a lot of different symptoms. Um, so the, I like to say a lot of times they've been really hurt or emotionally injured, and it's coming out through depression. Uh-huh. Now, a girl, you may see uh, a lot more tears. She may be a lot more verbal. She's putting her feelings uh, into words a lot easier. Because you may ask your son, well, what is going on with you? And Are you okay? I'm fine. <laughs> right. That's it. <laughs> and that's where the conversation ends. Uh, there are one or two word answers. You ask uh, your daughter, sweetheart, I, I'm, what's going on? I'm concerned about you. And you get it all. Uh, you get the emotion and you get the tears and you get a lot of words. Yeah. Hitting the issue and the topic of suicide, uh, teen Adolescent suicide is off the charts right now, and we talked a bit about that at the top of the show last time, just what's happening in the mind of a teenager, all the desperation, not measuring up, all the technology that allows others to measure you, you know, the Snapchat thing and other social media, are you the greatest, the best, the whatever, and bullying, cyberbullying that's occurring, all those things, in addition to the things that we all kind of went through as teenagers back when. Um, when you see that, let's talk more specifically about potential movement from depression to be having suicidal thoughts. Yes. I was stunned by one of the stats. Um, it was amazing the number of young people that attempt suicide. Do you remember that number? Well, they attempt. and it's, 8.6% of teenagers? And it's hard to get accurate numbers because, uh, you know, to get this information, we know it's a real issue. It's a big number. It, they're big numbers, whatever it is, right? Yeah. And so here's what happens. Uh, our kids these days, suicide is, is so common, and we hear it in the news a lot, and it's almost seen like it's one of the options available to you. And that's frightening to even say that. But it's like in our culture, suicide is an option that is available to you. Now, our teens have usually low impulse control. In other words, they're impulsive, okay? They're still working on that. We call it the prefrontal cortex, that put your hand on your forehead. That's where all that executive good decisions are made, (laughs) okay? Our teenagers are still developing that. And so they're going to show more signs of being impulsive. Technology is perfect for being impulsive. I'm one click away from anything, and I can be impulsive all day long with my technology. So if they don't see options quickly, because they're used to seeing having everything instant, they're, we're in an instant culture. So our teenagers are being impulsive with their decisions, and we may see a lot of depression and if it stays in depression and it moves one notch over to despair, they can be very impulsive. Um, you know, they can have suicide attempts. They're beginning to entertain uh, thoughts that, well, it would be better if I wasn't around. I'll show you guys. I'll kill myself. And that's how they're thinking. Mm-hmm. They've entered an impulsive, unregulated, there's no filter. They're seeing that this is an option, and that's frightening. And worse, they may be seeing it as their only option because well, there won't be a brighter day right, for the Jim. person that's suffering in depression and contemplating suicide. What does the parent do in that moment when you think you're moving away or moving through depression, now your teen is talking about suicide? What do you do? Who do you call? What resources are available? I mean, this has been going on now for a week, a month, maybe a year, 
Right. I don't know who to call. Suddenly, they're they're like, oh, it'd be better if I wasn't around. I I think I'm just going to kill myself. Um, And maybe you're seeing that they're even journaling and writing some dark material. And they're really not thinking, obviously, with clarity or with any sense of, of hope for their future. Well, if you just spend time trying to talk them out of killing themselves, oh, you don't want to do that. Killing yourself is never an option. And if we have that kind of conversation, it may drive it more secret. It's like, well, I don't know who to talk to. My parents are not even safe. But if I can spend time on, tell me more about what's really going on. Help me understand um, what you're going through. Um, focus on their their feelings, their experience. What must their experience be? What are you hunting for as the parent in that moment? What are you trying to find? I want to know what happened. Did something happen? Uh, what led them down this path that I am feeling like the only option is, is to kill myself? Now, because kids are impulsive and because I'm a professional counselor, I am going to move quickly to intervene mm-hmm. to get some help. I'm not going to overreact in the moment, but if my kid is talking this way, I am going to take it seriously, and I am going to make sure if they're not talking to me, I'm going to make sure they're talking to somebody. So get somebody engaged with them. Uh, Hopefully they have a relationship so with a it, smart thinking adult. It could be a, adult. A, another adult. It could be a mentor. Uh, it's going to probably need to be a professional counselor soon, or we're going to need to reach out. Plus, reach out yourself and, and have somebody help you. Yeah. Dr. Jantz, I, I need to ask this because I think as a parent, especially for those of us that went through tough times. Yes. Um, and it's kind of a pick yourself up by your bootstraps orientation. And I'm guilty of that. You know, I was an orphan kid and I went through a lot of really bad stuff. Right. But if you're that kind of parent that is resilient, that has picked yourself up by your bootstraps, that could be very damaging to say to your 14, 15, 16 year old, come on, just keep moving. Yes. They don't know how. They don't know how, and they may be comparing themselves to you. I can't, my dad, I know my dad had a rough childhood, and look, he's done great, and I just can't do it. And so those comparisons. When we're depressed, we tend to do a lot of comparisons and feel unworthy. Hmm. So it's different. Being with your kid is different than talking them out of something. We don't want to talk them out of their feelings. You may be really surprised by something they say, uh, and maybe shocked by it, but don't talk them out of their feelings. Oh, that's good. They need to know you value them, and whatever it is, it's okay to share it. In that environment, again, I want I want parents to hear clearly three no-nos. I mean, just give me sure. that tool, Dr. Jantz. What are three no-nos in that moment I should not do as a parent? Don't lecture. <laughs> it's easy to lecture, by the way. Don't give them the lecture. And this may sound funny, but don't talk to them if they're hungry. <laughs> I can understand that with boys. (laughs) Yeah. If your kid hasn't eaten all day, they're hungry and they're irritable, that's not the time. So uh, let them eat and keep your words fairly short. It's easy to drop into a lecture. So fewer words is probably better. And it's hard, but you can do it and it will work eventually. Well, it's so important. I would say that would be one good takeaway right now. If you're that parent that tends to lecture... Bite your lip, don't do it, yeah. and try to dig for the gems of your, your child's emotions. Mm. Dr. Jantz, you've written another book, and I want to pull from that, which is The Five Keys to Dealing with Depression. 
what are those five keys? Well, we're going to look at the whole person. One of the keys is there's a spiritual side to depression. So I'm going to look at what is God's truth about me and about my situation. What is it? Tell me. That's so, good for parents well, to hear. Well, one of the things is God has promised that if we seek him, there is a positive future for our kids. So don't forget that. And that's <laughs> okay? what Jesus, again, he illustrated that with the woman at the well, the woman caught in adultery, yes. King David to go to the Old Testament. Yes. I mean, he had reason to be depressed. Yes. Another key for depression is physical, the physical side of us. People who are depressed stop taking care of themselves. So that self-care, that movement, physical movement, the nutrition, uh, they'll tend to start doing things like I'm drinking 20 cups of coffee instead of two, or I'm I'm not taking good care. I'm not drinking water. You know, simple things. But you'll notice that when you get depressed, your physical self care really goes down, huh. and that includes sleep. Either I want to sleep all the time, or, or I, can't I can't sleep get at any. all, yeah. or I wake up during the night. So the physical side must be addressed as well. Uh, what are the other three? Okay. Other keys to dealing with depression, and we keep it really simple, is how am I going to get emotional balance? What's the predominant emotions that are governing me right now? Is it because I've been extremely hurt? Am I angry? Am I feeling guilty? Do I have a lot of fear? So look at what are the predominant emotions that are fueling this. A lot of times it, it is, I'm angry, I'm upset, and how am I going to get that emotional balance back? Well, if you have too much anger in your life, too much fear, too much guilt, that's not emotional balance. Yeah. So we've got to look at that. Uh, the final one I want to mention uh, really is what I'll call relational support. And relationship support is who is speaking into my life? If I'm depressed, who really believes in me? Have I withdrawn? Am I isolated? Have I cut people off? Because when I'm depressed, I need others. You know, that difficult line, Dr. Jantz, is how do we know, really, in our gut, how do we know when it's time for that professional help? Many Christians listening should say, well, Christians should not be suffering from depression. Um, but it happens, folks. It is part of life. And to simply have that attitude is, if I could be bold enough, is like looking the other way. That's not helpful. Right. That's not healthy. So in that gut moment, when you know and you're listening and you hear Dr. Jantz mention these symptoms and you're going, ah, oh, my son, right. my daughter, you're describing them. When do you act? I mean, how do you know that it's not just a passing thing, but it's the real deal? And you got to get involved well, and you got to fight for your child's life. Yes, absolutely. And be willing to do that. So it's not a passing fad if it's been going on. You've got a month has passed and these things are go still going on. Address them. Uh, so often I hear parents say, I wish I would have done something sooner. I wish I would have. Um, so you're going to get resistance. So just know it. If it's a season for a professional intervention and a counselor, do it. Uh, you, you won't regret it. Mm. Dr. Greg Jantz is our guest on Focus on the Family with Jim Daly. I'm John Fuller, and this is not a I took my child to the professional or to the counselor and dropped them off kind of situation, right. is it? Yeah. Tell us what to expect as a mom or a dad. Oh, sure. You know, one of the things you may want to do is have some time, some sessions together where hey, I want to learn how I can do a better job as a parent, how I can support you better, can I be a part of this? <laughs> you know, a lot of times that's really helpful. Mm. I realized myself that I was doing some things that were not helpful. Okay, I had somebody give me some feedback. 
And it made a difference for me, and it made a difference in my relationship with my son. So remain humble, remain teachable. And here, I'm a counselor, but I want to receive some feedback too. Hmm. Hmm. Dr. Jantz, I'm thinking of a very specific situation that um, our community had to walk through. And uh, I don't want to be too vague, but uh, I'll paint the picture. I'd love for you to react to this. Sometimes you're looking for trigger points. In this case, uh, a young man who committed suicide at a school here Mm -hmm. in town, um, his girlfriend had broken up with him the day before. And that was the triggering event. And uh, the next day, he took his own life very publicly at the school. Okay. Um, The father did something so amazing. Within 24 hours, wrote that young girl a letter Mm. and said, don't carry this burden forward. Right. My son was dealing with other things that had nothing to do with you at that moment. Got it. I mean, what courage. Yes. For that dad of that fallen son. Right. To give that girl a different purpose and meaning than Absolutely. what she was experiencing right there. What a beautiful thing to do. And I, I'm just thinking of those circumstances where maybe someone listening knows somebody or it's happening within their family. Right. Um, the big question is what does God want in this moment, even in that kind of pain? Yes. Um, yes. It's such an awesome thing to be able to do. And we need to also release another person. If you've had a traumatic event or you know somebody whose kid has taken their life, it's not about the what ifs. It's not about the blame. There was a lot going on. We tend to, when there's these tragic events, uh, fall back and go, if I would have only, it was my fault. And we can do a lot of self-blame. And I really want to caution against that. Mm -hmm. um, Because we didn't understand all that was going on for that boy, that young man. And uh, he made some decisions. And we've talked about uh, the symptoms of depression left untreated can put you over into despair. And that despair, we're not thinking with a rational mind. And that's true for adults too. And that current of despair, if I can describe it that way, for some teens will be very swift. So you have to be aware as a parent and that's not guilt or condemnation. That is just part of your job. Absolutely. And sometimes that current will move slow, maybe over the course of months or years where that young person is suffering silently. Mm-hmm. So you have to keep your antenna up. Because they are easily overwhelmed at times. Remember, their sense of overwhelmness is very real for them. So we're always going to try to understand their experience. Mm. Uh, if you say things like, oh, it's no big deal, but they're overwhelmed, it is a big deal. Right. Yeah. Uh, and it may not be a big deal to you because you've worked through similar things, but we've got to honor their experience, help them feel validated and listened to, and always let them know we will work on this together. I am with you. Yeah. Um, we've touched on this, but I b- want to be very plain spoken here toward the end of the program. Um, your primary care physician can be a source uh, to take your teen uh, or adolescent to your doctor. That's a good starting place as well. Um, The school uh, system can often provide counseling help, but they may not know if they're not getting direction from you that you have a concern. Mm -hmm. So work in that context as well. Um, In addition to all those things, Greg, um, in your counseling, you founded the center you call it. Yes. Describe that work, and uh, let's end on that note of hope where 
young people have come into your program. They have found new life. They have found new meaning and new purpose. Uh, give us a couple of those descriptions of hope for people. There is hope, and I really want to, don't give up on your kid and keep the prayers alive. Be prayer-driven for your kid's present and their future. So you're prayer-driven. God can get them on the right path. And uh, 31 years ago, we founded the center, A Place of Hope. I can tell you, and part of what keeps me going is I see lives changed. Mm. So hope means I need a plan, and sometimes we need to ask for help to create a plan, and with a plan comes hope. Mm. So pray. Sometimes it's like praying for discernment. Lord, what do I need to know here versus, Lord, relieve my son of these behaviors. Well, Lord God, show me, give me discernment to know what's going on uh, so that I can really be of help. And Dr. Jantz, for the parents who maybe have been in this battle for a year or two years or longer, how do they maintain that sense of hope and light at the end of the tunnel when it's over and over again, it's disappointment, it's struggle, Mm -hmm. it's sadness, it's bleak? How do you really emotionally, as the parent, stay hopeful when you don't see any sign of hope? I'm going to keep building on resources. There are many, many great resources. I'm going to keep my mind renewed. I'm going to become an expert on what's going on. And by that, I mean I'm not going to become so obsessed. I'm not going to try to be my son or daughter's counselor, but I am going to become an expert on what's going on for them. Don't lose the hope. I can tell you, and I hear a mom's voice in my head now who said, you told me that he would get on the right road, and I want to let you know he did. It took a while, Mm. and all of it was worth it. And so stay the course. It's like be the antidote to what the culture is throwing at your kids today. All the technology, all the measuring up to things that no human being can measure up to. Absolutely. Be their advocate. Our kids need us to be an advocate, and they need us to show appreciation for who they are, even if they're struggling. Boy, and to have those, I believe in you. I know it's really hard right now. I believe in you. He or she will remember those words. And then you need to do things that show that you really do. So they're going to be hungry, hungry for parent appreciation. They need to know they have value to you. Uh, Dr. Jantz, um, as we close, uh, what if parents and teens don't want to admit that they are depressed? You're getting this rigid response. That's not me, but you know it's true. Right. Especially as the parent. You know it, but you can't get them in to see a professional. They're not willing. What do you do? We don't want to get hung up on a label and say, you're depressed and you need help. Um, Again, we're looking at, for depression for a teen, it's a lot of different experiences, a lot of different symptoms. And so I want you to focus on um, what can we do that would make you happier? What can we do uh, that would cause you to feel differently? You know, keep engaged in it. Now, there reaches a time where we do have to do an intervention. Things are not changing. The kid is resistant. And we're going to have to probably consult with the professional ourselves to get a plan together mm. and do that. Yeah. You know, you'll never regret picking up the phone today and making a decision. Hey, uh, here's what I'm experiencing. You may have 
today an opportunity to have a God idea to intervene into your son or daughter's Mm -hmm. life. So pick up the phone today. Yeah, and may it be so. That's our hope. Dr. Gregory Jantz, author of the book, When Your Teenager Becomes the Stranger in Your House. Um, This has been so good. Thank you. Thank you again for being with us. So good to be with you today. Well, we hope that uh, if you sense your teen is struggling with depression, you'll find the help you need in a local pastor or a trusted counselor. On behalf of Jim Daly and the entire Focus on the Family team, thanks for listening. I'm John Fuller. Focus on your child's feelings and experience if they are talking about committing suicide. Try not to overreact and seek professional help immediately. Also seek help for yourself because you are going to need it. Please get in touch with our counseling team who can speak with you over the phone or set up an online or face-to-face appointment and they can help you to navigate the difficult things that you're dealing with. That number to call is 031-716-3300 or you can connect with the counseling team through our website at safamily.co.za. You may also want to get a copy of our recommended resource called What Do I Do When Teenagers Are Depressed and Contemplate Suicide? You will find that resource online at safamily.co.za or call us on 31 716 Double three, double zero. And as I mentioned yesterday, our Alive to Thrive initiative is a biblical guide to preventing teen suicide. This is a six-part series that takes a truly preventative approach. We discuss issues that we know can lead to suicide, and we teach you how to address them long before your child might ever entertain thoughts of ending his or her life. You'll also learn practical ways to start important conversations with your kids. So if you're a parent of teens, I'd encourage you to take a look at this phenomenal resource. It's all completely accessible and freely available through our website at safamily.co.za. I hope that today's discussion has brought hope to you if you're in the midst of parenting a teenager who is struggling. For Focus on the Family Africa, I'm Alison Schnell, inviting you back next time when we'll once again help you and your family thrive in Christ.